Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco, going to you live today on YouTube and also on Instagram. Make sure you're following us, guys. We're on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. If you haven't been, if you listen to us on the audio side, we're finally back up and running uh, on the TCK pod side. But make sure you guys are also on here. Subscribe, like, rate, review, do all that stuff. Comments are welcome, folks. We do really appreciate it, guys. Once again, this is week 14 top takeaways. I didn't even stop at 10. I got no Jordan. No one's here to corral me this week. I'm going all in. I just started writing down takeaways. We're going to blast through those. And then I'm going to talk quickly about some of the guys that are still widely available in most leagues that you might be able to scoop up, play, and or stash to see how well they perform for the fantasy playoffs. It's an evolving, evolving, evolving situation, guys. Listen, fantasy playoffs are here, but it does not mean you stop playing the waiver wire. It does not mean you stop you know, stashing players and looking forward. <clears throat> but if you're in the playoffs and you don't have a first round bye, guys, it's time to focus on winning now. <clears throat> what does that mean? You guys have handcuffs, for example, on players, and you guys need a wide receiver three for the week. You got to go get that wide receiver three play that you're confident in. Don't be playing guys like Jerry Judy, who you've held on to all year, who just hasn't been getting it done. I trust me, I'm one of those Jerry Judy guys, extremely disappointed in him. But this is the point. Like, you guys need to go out swinging with players you're confident. So we're going to talk a little bit today about some of the takeaways. Some of the things are actionable. Maybe some DFS plays for the Week 15 slate. Also going to talk about some of those waiver wire ads. Before we get into all that, want to make sure we're shouting out all of our sponsors and making sure you're following us across the board. So, of course, Bob, myself, at Bobby Lamarco, at Sky Gawasco, at Fantasy Focus, at Valley 7 at Buck59. Make sure you're following us across the board on our Twitter handles because we're constantly posting things up every week. We're also all on Instagram at Fantasy Focus, at Fantasy Football X Factor, and also at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod uh, on Instagram. Make sure you're following us there as well. So, guys, we're posting content constantly. If you don't have time to watch us live on YouTube, you can also check us out on the podcast side on all your podcast apps on the Candlestick Kids fantasy football podcast before we go any further all our episodes are a part of the believe podcast network and brought to you by bet online ag we're gonna take a quick commercial break for bet online and we're gonna dive into those takeaways for week 14 bet online is back and better than ever a new web interface for the rest of the nfl season and the nba season more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, let's talk about some takeaways. So if you're watching live on YouTube, guys, I apologize in advance. 
I'm on a time crunch today. I'm also going to be on today later with Buck. So if you have any start sit questions, we will address those on the Buck and my show with Buck this afternoon. We're starting at 6 p.m. PST. So we'll be on again. I got to blow through these. I got a work holiday event. I got to get to folks. So I got to bang through these takeaways, but I want to make time to make sure we get through all this stuff. My first takeaway today I'm going to talk about is the COVID-19 situation with the, especially the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, my top takeaways, of course, are brought to you by Care Factor. We'll take a quick commercial break later today to talk about Care Factor. Guys, listen, hey, if, you got, if you're suffering from hair loss, care, I mean, fantasy football time of the year, by the end of this, I'll be losing my hair, so I might need some Care Factor as well. So first off, let's talk a little bit about the Browns COVID-19 situation. <clears throat> now, it's still early on in the week. Some of these guys tested positive. Some guys are close contacts, but there's some big heavy hitters. You got guys like Baker Mayfield out, uh, you know, on the offensive side, Austin Hooper out, but you also have a bunch of injuries on the Browns defensive side. Now they're playing the Raiders this week. So that is notable for the Raiders have struggled on offense and, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to trust the Browns defense now with all these injuries, even against a struggling Raiders deep offense. Um, but however, if Darren Waller returns, I think that opens the door for the Raiders on the offensive side to actually put up some points. So we got to monitor that situation, but they have been pretty much lost without, um, you know, without Darren Waller. But I think Hunter Renfro, listen, he's a wide receiver one at this point, guys. Stop fading him. Play him every week. Um, you know, Troy Hill slot corner out. John Johnson out. Safety. Um, a couple guys up front out for the Browns. So I think that's really notable. So one of my biggest takeaways so far from week 14 is those COVID tests on Monday hit the Browns the hardest. And I think that opens the door for some of your Raiders players like Darren Waller, if he's active, Hunter Renfro, auto star, Josh Jacob is in to play much better against this Browns team. On the flip side, um, when you look, I guess we can roll into one of my other takeaways is Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, Jarvis Landry is one of those guys on COVID. Austin Hooper is one of those guys on COVID. David Njoku and Donovan Peoples-Jones might be the one-two punch with Case Keenum. Now, I know Baker Mayfield going to the backup, but Case Keenum is a serviceable, perfectly fine backup quarterback. He's going to be able to support a player or two in the receiving game. Um, I'm not going to expect in case Keenum to throw for 300 yards. It's probably not going to happen. They're going to lean on Nick Chubb, of course. But Kareem Hunt is out. Um, so it's it's a lot on it's a lot on Chubb. But I think Case Keenum, and listen, these backup quarterbacks tend, and we've seen it time and time again, they do tend to lean a little bit towards the guys they know sometimes. So I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is a player that we would like to monitor with Case Keenum. I think that the matchup is not great for the Ra- against the Raiders, who have Casey Hayward, and also Trayvon Mullen is back on the outside. So, you know, D- Donovan Peoples-Jones is emerging. Six for 90, uh, five for 90 last week was very good. Uh, I think that he's exciting later in the playoffs. Definitely someone I'd like to stash in deeper formats. But overall, listen, because of the injury, to Jar- uh, because of COVID-19, Jarvis Landry's out, Austin Hooper potentially out. You know, it's a necessity. I think he emerges now and puts himself on the wide receiver three map this week against the Raiders. And the same thing goes for David Njoku. I think a lot of people are going to forget about Njoku. But if Austin Hooper is out and also Harrison Bryant is out because of his ankle injury, you know, we saw last week when it's just one of the guys. I mean, listen, I mean, Austin Hooper had five for 30 and one, but he found the end zone. When they're in the red zone, at least, you know, they like to throw their tight ends. And I think that's good news for Njoku, who will probably earn more work with Hooper out. So. Definitely notable there. Uh, my next takeaway for the, this week is Dawson Knox running a route on 90% of dropbacks. I brought this up last week. This is ridiculous. Dawson Knox is number one in the NFL 
in tight end percentage of routes run to dropbacks. That is that he is playing. On, he is on the field running a bunch of routes more than most tight ends do. Um, now you have no Emmanuel Sanders, and that kind of locks in the three receiver set. So now, I mean, listen, they use Isaiah McKenzie in this kind of gadget role sometimes, but Dawson Knox is an every down player. So I think when you've got Dawson Knox and you're, you lock him into your lineups, last week he was awesome against Tampa Bay. Um, I'm big on Dawson Knox rest of the season. So if you have him, you're probably starting him in most cases. Of course, there might be some scenarios where you have Gronk or, you know, I mean, even Kelsey and Waller and those guys, but Dawson Knox rock solid. Next up is James O'Shaughnessy ran a route on 68% of dropbacks and saw six targets last week. Um, I know me personally, I have this revolving door in one of my leagues at tight end where I've kind of just streamed. Last week, it was Gerald Everett against Houston. Well, guess who has Houston this week? It's James O'Shaughnessy. James O'Shaughnessy saw six targets, uh, eight targets the first time these guys played in week one, and he was actually fine for PPR and half-point PPR. Um, you know, the other thing with this offense is that, he, you know, there's not a lot of tight ends you find in the waiver wire. They're approaching that 70% routes run to drop back ratio. So I think James O'Shaughnessy, because he's playing Houston, is probably one of my favorite streamer tight ends of the week. Um, because he's getting the dropbacks, he's got a solid target count. And last week, listen, Tennessee Titans, for what it's worth, and this is my problem. Do I have Pat Firemuth, who's playing against Tennessee, and Tennessee is now getting healthier. They're getting more light. They're getting Zach Cunningham this week. They're also getting back some more players, uh, Bud Dupree as well on defense, and they're looking better and healthier. Now they've gotten through that tough time of year where they were banged up. Now they're starting to get healthier. I have a real tough I know the safer bet is Pat Firemuth, but listen, the guy caught a touchdown last week. He only had two catches. And two, and two targets that whole game until that final pass where if he caught it, maybe we're talking about it differently. But um, might be might be banking on James O'Shaughnessy. Who knows? Uh, next up is Ricky Seals-Jones versus John Bates. A lot of tight ends early. I apologize. But, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones, everyone wants uh, – I want to make sure everyone's clear on this. He had four targets, one reception, eight yards. Not great. But it's playing time. He played behind John Bates. Bates is their younger tight end, 27 routes to 17 for Ricky Seals-Jones. I brought up this later in the week when I said, you know, in my in my show last week that I was a little concerned about Ricky Seals-Jones because of the fact that he's coming back from this hip injury. Now, we have to keep your ear to the floor because they're playing the Eagles. And I know that Ricky Seals-Jones could crush the Eagles matchup. The Eagles matchup has been great for tight ends all season. But I am a little concerned that he's not 100% healthy and they want to see what this kid Bates can do. And Bates is more of a traditional tight end. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones is a glorified receiver. So... Um, you know, I think in my opinion that I, I would be a little cautious. I want to see if there's any reports later in the week that Ricky Seals Jones is now healthy and he will start. Okay, then we can put him back in our lineups. But as of today, I am not I'm shading away from Ricky Seals Jones, even in that matchup against the Eagles. Jumping down to Braxton Berrios. And you know, these takeaways are are a lot of fun for anybody looking for those deep deep dives because Braxton Berrios had 10 targets last week, led the team in receiving targets, receptions, and yards. Um, he's got the Miami Dolphins this week. The Dolphins are an out wide defense. They are more susceptible on the perimeter over the last five. Um, overall on the season, they have been better in the slot, but over the last five weeks, for some reason, they are allowing more points to the perimeter. Last time they played, Jamison Crowder had a touchdown six for 44 and one. But I think because of Corey Davis's injury, because of Elijah Moore's injury, listen, Barrios is someone that I kind of like as a dart throw play. I mean, the guy got 10 targets last week. And he seems to be, and listen, when, when early on in the season, weeks one through five, Corey Davis was the number one, and the number two was Braxton Barrios in targets, receptions, and yards. 
Um, so top three in yards. So I think it's not a great play, maybe a DFS dart throw, but if you are in a deeper league and you need someone to spot start this week, I think Braxton Berrios is your deep dive. Uh, next player I'm going to talk about is Josh Palmer. Uh, Josh Palmer showed out. I mean, five for 66 and one on the Keenan Allen injury. Um, now, this is not, you're not actionable, unfortunately, for Josh Palmer, but for Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, you know, Mike, Mike Williams is a free agent at the end of the season. I think that actionably speaking that you can actually pick this guy up or end or trade for him in Dynasty Leagues because I think he's going to be really good playing alongside Guyton and, and Keenan Allen in the future if Mike Williams walks. Now jumping down to Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, you know, 11 targets last week with no TJ Hawkinson, no Swift, no Jamal Williams. He led the team in routes as well, and he's playing Arizona this week, who's a slot funnel defense. They have allowed the fourth most points to slot receivers over the last five weeks. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown has now entered the wide receiver three PPR um, in week 15, and I think we got to monitor the TJ Hawkinson. I think he sounds like he'll be back. He'll be fine. He's on COVID, whatever. But I think overall, if you keep monitoring the situation, I, you know, they're lacking weapons. And Arizona is going to put up points. Arizona is going to be able to put up points. DeAndre Hopkins is banged up, and so is James Conner. So maybe they lean a little more on Kyler Murray uh, and those other receivers. If Conner's banged up, maybe Chase Edmonds comes back. I don't know. But either way, I like Amon Rice St. Brown a lot this week against that Cardinals team. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, next, they're absolutely legit. And it's a tough play this week against the Chargers. They, the, Chris Jones is out. Uh, potentially with COVID, but Slater, the left tackle for the Chargers, might be out. Sounds like Keenan Allen's back, but Austin Eckler's banged up with an ankle injury. Um, you're you're playing with fire in the fantasy playoffs if you start the Chiefs, but I am not going to drop the Chiefs. They have the Steelers and the Bengals, who are fine offenses, but prone to sacks. Prone to, and Burrow's been able to throw uh, has been prone to sacks and turnovers. And I think the Chiefs' defense. This is the linchpin week. If the Chargers come out and ball out then you probably say, okay, maybe the Chiefs are just playing worse opponents. But if the Chiefs hold their own and dominate the Chargers, I think you have to play the Chiefs the rest of the way. So I'm holding the Chiefs as a as a uh, potential defense in the second and third round of the playoffs. Jumping on to the next player, and unfortunately COVID hurt me again for this one, but Odell Beckham Jr. is like, it's he's back. And I know, you know, it, we hesitate because of the last few years, but I mean, just the six for 77 and one on six targets last week, last week, all pretty much in the first half, dominated that first half, um, gave me a heart attack because I needed Odell to score under 27 points and he got like 18. It was not fun. But Odell Beckham Jr. is someone that you can rely on every week. I know he's got COVID this week, but you're probably not going to play. But when he comes back, you know, I think he's someone you could plug in. He's a must start wide receiver three. This Rams offense is just too good. And now he's an every down player. And I think that, gives him just a, you know, he's talented. And when you watch the Baker stuff, you know, I know Odell might be a pain in the, in the ass. I get it. Um, but at the same time, he, if you watch a lot of those plays, I mean, airmail passes. I mean, Baker wasn't even close. Um, and I don't want to put it all on Baker because there might be route concepts. It might be like Odell was running a route. Baker saw something different. They could never get on the same page. I don't know. But I can tell you this. There's so many plays where Odell Beckham was just standing there and there's no one around him, and he gets completely missed. That is not happening as much with Stafford, and we're seeing the results. Three straight games with a touchdown, plus they use him in the red zone. I mean, they're throwing fade routes to the guy in the red zone. So I think Odell Beckham, if he plays this week, he's in your lineups. I like him a lot. Uh, next takeaway is the Emmanuel Sanders injury. We talked about this. Um, you know, I think the first guy that benefits the most, and I think a lot of people are going to point to Gabe Davis, but I think it's Cole Beasley. Now, Cole Beasley, you know, kind of gets lost in the shuffle when Dawson Knox returned. 
But as soon as one of those guys were gone, when Knox was out, Beasley stepped up. And then this week when Emmanuel Sanders went out, Beasley stepped up and got a bunch of work and he saw double-digit targets again against that Tampa Bay secondary. And Tampa Bay prior to that week was very good against slot receivers. So this week, the uh, Buffalo Bills, um, they're taking on – oh, shoot, sorry, I'm just blanking here for a minute. The Bills car, – uh, oh, against the Panthers. Sorry, didn't write down my notes. They're playing the Panthers – the Panthers are a slot funnel defense. You're going to see a lot of Gilmore maybe on Stephon Diggs. And listen, at this stage in the career, probably get, you'd give that to Diggs. Um, but at the same time, that opens up the middle of the field for a guy like Beasley. I think Beasley is a great player. I also like I like Gabriel Davis. This guy, when he plays, has been awesome. Um, I tried to get him in as many leagues as possible. Unfortunately, I got outbid in a couple of leagues for him. Um, you know, I think that this kind of solidifies the bunch, right? Davis playing more routes when he, if you look at his stats, if you go on sleeper, they do a good job breaking it down for you. When you see the, the, the routes, um, I'm sorry, the, the snap counts go up, the fantasy production goes up for Gabe Davis. And I think that you can trust him now as a borderline wide receiver three in certain formats. But I think my biggest takeaway is because of the matchup, I love Beasley. I think Beasley's locked and loaded this week as a great wide receiver two slash three. I think Gabe Davis is a deeper play. Um, but I think more people will be on Davis than Beasley because of the injury. And I like Beasley a lot um, because of that. Uh, jumping down to Melvin Gordon. Um, at this point, we can all take away from this and just say, hey, Melvin Gordon is balling the freak out. I mean, this guy, uh, 24 carries, 111 yards and one touchdown. Uh, I know Javante Williams is the future and he's the GOAT. I mean, we love Javante here. Pro Javante podcast. But Melvin Gordon is is not washed up. This guy is playing out of his mind this season. He's playing awesome. And I brought this up in the offseason. I said, you know, one of my favorite eighth-round picks was Melvin Gordon because the guys, you know, last year, Javon, uh, Philip Lindsay was getting 10 to 12 carries anyway. And if Javante gets that, it doesn't matter. The guy finishes a top 15 back. So he's proven us right again in a better offense this year, an offense that uses the wide, uh, running backs more in the pa- uh, run, a pass game because of Teddy B. So – Great call. I think you're still rolling with Melvin Gordon this week um, in another plus matchup. Jumping down to Brandon Cooks. Um, I was dead wrong about Brandon Cooks this week because they moved him to the slot. And one thing I'm going to say about, and I've brought this up multiple times, is that the the most underrated play caller in football is Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly of the, the Texans. When he took over as offensive coordinator, we saw Deshaun Watson take off. Last year, Deshaun Watson was balling out last year. This guy is extremely smart, and he proved it again this week. He knows that Cooks need to get him around all over the formation. He played 60% of his snaps in the slot last week. You know, that's getting away from top corners. That's putting him in uh, against nickel corners, and he completely dominated in the slot. And this week he gets Jacksonville, who's a slot funnel defense. So I love that for Brandon Cooks. Touche to Tim Kelly. Great job putting Cooks in the slot. I think that puts him in the wide receiver two slash three map this week. Uh, jumping down, my last takeaway from this week is Rashad Penny, folks. Rashad Penny, 16, 137, and two. Um, my first takeaway is that Rashad Penny, good for him, man. That's awesome. Guy's been banged up. I like Rashad Penny um, this offseason. Guy averages five yards per carry in his career prior to this season, but he can't stay healthy. Um, you know, he's got the Rams this week, so I feel like it's a little bit of a trap that you don't want to run out and play Penny. He was not involved in the passing game at all. Um, only saw one target. But I think that if he shows – this is one of those things, a stash play. You pick up Penny. If you got him on waivers, I am not running out to start Penny against the Rams. 
but I'd like to have him on my bench because if he does pass decently against the Rams and looks strong, he's got the Bears and Lions. And the Bears and the Lions are both top half of the team, uh, NFL in my run game metrics. So both good matchups for running backs on the ground. And I think that those are two games where that the Seahawks can win and or be really competitive. I know they could beat the Bears and Lions, but I think those teams that can have good game flow like they get against the Texans, which is going to lead to those higher carry counts per penny. So I do think Penny is a stash, not play for week 15, but I like the fact that he's going to be got two great matchups in the uh, second and third round of the fantasy playoffs. But another takeaway from that is the Texans run defense. Now, the James Robinson situation, the Jacksonville Jaguars is a dumpster fire. At some point, you have to just throw your hands up and say, you know, it's just, you know, you can't trust it, right? I mean, this last week, James Robinson thought it was going to be a decent play. Um, and instead of, they don't even give him the ball at all. And, uh, you know, he played most of the game, didn't get the carries. I think if you have James Robinson, he's, if you, if you want him as a flex, I just, it's the matchup is just so good. So good. Um, but you gotta have some guy owns, you know, you gotta have those balls to do it. I mean, and then for the ladies out there, you know, you gotta have some of that, 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 uh, that that integrity, you gotta have that grit to do it. Um, but that's tough, man. So that's uh, that to me, like James Robinson, you got to, I feel like it makes too much sense to, to play him. Like, I mean, like to not play him. I mean, you got to play him. I mean, he's playing the Houston Texans, so I get it. But anyway, those are my takeaways from this week. A lot of deeper dive names, a lot of deeper takeaways. But for the most part, some actionable things that we could take into week 15 this week, some things that are more stashes and stuff like that. But let's just run through some quick waiver wires. I'm just going to run through these real quick. Um, I got a couple from Sky. Uh, Sky, you know, reached out and said, you know, he he wants me to bring up Tua. Of course, Tua's playing the Jets. Um, The Jets have been an absolute dumpster fire on defense. And you should be excited about Tua, plus the injuries to the running back position. Um, Listen, Malcolm Brown is a deeper name that you should probably think about picking up because Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, Salvin Ahmed, all on COVID right now. So Brown could be coming off IR, and he could be sliding right into that starting spot against a Jets defense that's terrible against running back. So if you are struggling at running back, if you need a guy that you can plug in as a, or a flex play this week, I think Malcolm Brown is someone you can stash to see what happens and what shakes out from that Dolphins um, running back situation. But Tua, listen, there's gonna they're going to have barely any running backs. So I think that Tua playing the Jets makes a ton of sense with Devontae Parker back looking good last time he played. Um, they also have, you know, Waddle playing out of his mind and Jaziki playing well. So I think two was a great call. Sky also talked about Rashad Penny. I just broke him down. Rashad Bateman, another one. Listen, Bateman, Watkins gets hurt. Bateman comes in and Bateman balls out. Uh, now, he, he does it with Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson, which always concerning, but backup quarterback, backup receiver. Told you guys, right? Um, but Bateman is someone that is like, Let's let's take a look at his schedule. So this week he gets the he gets the Green Bay Packers, which um, not a not a great matchup overall. But um, let's see, Green Bay, yeah, out out wide defense, okay, yeah. So Green Bay would be okay. I mean that's like a that's a great. I think he's another guy that you stash and see what happens. But um, sorry, I just want to look up the. Uh, Look, I'm just looking up the, the schedule for the Ravens. Sorry, I'm just freaking banging this out real quick. Okay. 
so he's got the Packers, the Bengals, and then the Rams the next three weeks. Um, so the Packers are okay. That's not a bad – it's actually not a bad matchup for the – oh, wait, no, that's – I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. The offense, jeez. Um, yeah, Packers are okay. Not a bad matchup. The Rams will be tough. Probably not recommended. The Bengals are a slot funnel defense. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. Wow. I must be losing my mind here. Okay. So Cincinnati is a good matchup. Actually, Bateman's actually pretty solid. So Green Bay, solid uh, matchup, above average in points allowed over the last few weeks. They do get Jair Alexander back, but hey, the points are the points. Uh, Cincinnati is a out funnel, out wide funnel defense. That's good for Bashad Bateman as well. So I like the stash. I do like it. Uh, Tyler Conklin has got Chicago this week. And, um, I brought up, I brought up Tyler Conklin a few weeks ago too. It's really tied to the, the Thielen situation. I, I actually was not high on him because of Pittsburgh. I don't think I'm high on him because of Chicago either. Um, but if Thielen's out for a couple more weeks, I think that's okay too. I'd be all right with it. So I, I get where I get where Sky's coming from. There's not a lot of tight ends that offer you some some upside with with no um, with very limited pass catchers now with Thielen out and Kirk Cousins is playing really well. So you know I get it. I guess I get it. I would not play him this week though. I'd prefer James O'Shaughnessy over Tyler Conklin this week. Um, all right, let's jump down to mine. Uh, my first guy was Robbie Anderson, and we've been burned by Robbie, but he had a huge game last week, and DJ Moore has now got a hamstring injury. Uh, you know, the Panthers do have, you know, and, and Anderson is like, he just, he's on the field a bunch and now he's got this hybrid slot versus wide role where he's playing a more in the slot. And, um, you know, they got Buffalo this week though. So I think this is kind of like a stash to see if he, if, if DJ Moore, you know, has any aggravation to his hamstring and misses time. But, uh, yeah, I guess it gets Buffalo. This is more of a stash than, than pick up and play. Next guy I talked about is Gabriel Davis as a waiver wire pickup, but you know what? We already know. We already talked about him. The other guy is A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is hurt again, and it doesn't sound too good for DeAndre. Um, so I think A.J. Green and Christian Kirk are two guys that I'm extremely interested. Uh, this week I lean Kirk uh, because of the matchup. Um, Detroit is a slot funnel defense, so I think Kirk is a really good play this week. But A.J. Green, man, I mean, resurgence, the guy has shown that he can handle. Like, I remember last year he was getting double-digit targets from Burrow, and it just was not working. Well, now he's getting double-digit targets and going over 100 yards, so I think it is working. Uh, and he did it against a very tough Rams defense. So I like both these guys, so monitor that DeAndre Hopkins situation. The final one is Donovan Peoples-Jones. We brought up a couple times. Um, you know, the Raiders matchup is, is not great, but they have been more susceptible out wide lately. So I think – I think because if there's no Jarvis Landry, no Austin Hooper, and you're literally you're searching for that wide receiver three slash four, I think Donovan Peoples Jones might be someone. It might be someone the fun to play in the DFS slate this week. All right, folks, that was a quick show. Really appreciate you guys jumping on for my top ten takeaways from Week 14. Um, Want to take a quick commercial break for one of our sponsors, Carefactor, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community, are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. 
Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carefactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. And we just want to make sure we promote one more of our sponsors before I get some listener questions, before I get out of here. Lightbox. We'll be right back after this. Shout out to our new sponsor, Lightbox. Say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones of blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white diamonds. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com. And add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, folks. Tim. Hey, Tim. Nice to see you again, buddy. All right, guys. Listen, that's all we got for today for top 10 trans, uh, takeaways from week 14 and plus some waiver wire ads slash names to check your waiver wires for for the playoffs. And also, don't worry about it, guys. I'll be back later today with Buck. We're going to answer a bunch of questions. We're going to go over starts of the week. Uh, streamers, Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk a lot more about other stuff this week, but thank you for joining me again. Once as a reminder, make sure you're following us across the board at Fantasy Focus on YouTube, at the Candlestick Kids on our podcast, and across all our social medias as well. Make sure you're following us there, and make sure you reminder that all our podcasts are brought to you by um, Bet Online AG on the Believe Podcast Network. And shout out to our friends over at the Fantasy Football Network for streaming all our shows on there. I'm Bobby Lamarco. This is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, and I'll see you guys later today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.